This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee, and today I'm going to be talking about something that I literally just wrote about uh, very, very recently, which is Barbie Xu, Taiwanese actress, uh, has gotten married again three months after getting divorced and was a huge shocking news that was like, it really sent shockwaves through like Taiwanese and Chinese entertainment industries. I was on Weibo and like, I think like five of the trending topics were all about Daes, um, you know, the nickname for Babishu and like her new husband who is the South Korean musician DJ Koo or Koo Jun Yop, whom she dated over 20 years ago. So this is one of those like old flame reconciliation stories that's very extreme because, you know, it was an ex-boyfriend for over 20 years ago. So today I'll be getting into just like a little bit of introduction into what happened, like what the news was all about and what we know about their marriage. And then who Koo Jun Yop is, because I know a lot of people are like, who? Koo Jun Yop who? Dude was big in the 1990s, okay? Like he was a thing. So I'm going to just slightly introduce you the thing that he was. And then... um. I know there are a lot of people, including one of our podcast producers who was talking to me just now, who was like, I'm sure she had something going on with him before she got divorced, right? It's so soon, like the timing is so close. And I'm here to tell you that, you know what? Of course, we don't know what happened between them, what happened in her marriage. We're not living under, you know, their beds, right? But I can tell you as a person who has too much information on celebrities, this is literally why I am an entertainment journalist. I have useless but institutional knowledge on celebrities and as someone who is very very familiar with Barbie Shri's love life this is super on brand for her I absolutely believe that she literally know this dude like she literally reconnected with this dude three months ago and got married to him this is super on brand for her it's extremely something she would do so I'll go, I'm going to tell you why, right? I'll go through a relationships and tell you why I think that's the case. Lah. Because if you know anything about her romantic history, it is full of dramatics. It is literally like, like the, the romances that you read about in books because it, it, they are so dramatic and over the top. So it is very her. Okay, so now let's go into just a little bit of introduction. Um, as you know, Barbie Shu, she's, she's an actress. She doesn't really act that much now. She doesn't really appear in front of the television all that much now. Um, but she is most known for being the uh, female lead in the Taiwanese adaptation of Boys Over Flowers. So the Taiwanese adaptation is called Meteor Garden, Liu Xinghua Yuan. So that is the thing that made her, you know, made her and the members of F4 famous. Um, so it's the idol drama. It's literally, I think, the, the drama to start the trend of idol dramas in Taiwan. And it was very, very successful and made her well-known throughout Asia. She also long time had a hosting career alongside her sister, Di Xu. Uh, Barbie Xu and Di Xu, they go together as ASOS. And um, they used to sing and dance, you know, as an idol group back in their teenage years. That was how they came out. Uh, but they are very interesting, funny. So they became much, much more known as a host of, um, particularly of this program called 100% Entertainment, Yula Bai Fen Bai, which I will go in depth into because Yula Bai Fen Bai is the reason why I know so much about Thais' love life. Okay, so 
um, Barbie Xu, she married um, Chinese businessman Wang Xiaofei, I think in maybe 2011, I think so, about there, 2010. So early 2010s, she married uh, Chinese businessman Wang Xiaofei. Wang Xiaofei is known for being the son of a rich woman. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that kind of is how he is known. Um, his mom started a series of uh, a franchise of restaurants uh, called Chao Jiangnan. So that's how uh, his family uh, got rich, lah. And then he also like started a he opened an, a hotel named after Barbie Xu in Taiwan and everything. So you know, businessman, rich businessman, blah blah blah. They have two children, a daughter and a son. That they. Um, they spent a very long time trying to conceive and it was quite an open struggle. Like her, Babishu's struggle to conceive was quite a well-known thing. And she went on to talk about it in like uh, programs and everything. But they later on had two children. They appeared on like variety programs together as a couple, but ultimately it didn't work out. Uh, they got divorced in, well, or rather they announced that they were getting divorced in November 2021. And... Um, at that time, I think they said they were going to like try and like separate their assets and like, you know, work out the visitation, you know, arrangement with the children and everything. Um, so Barbie Xu and her kids always um, resided in Taipei throughout uh, the COVID situation. So there's some talk that might be the COVID situation that made it difficult for them to see one another. And maybe that's what exacerbated their relationship and made it worse. And um, maybe that's how they got divorced. But there's also talk that um, Wang Xiaofei cheated on her during the marriage. There are some like photos and pictures of him with this influencer girl and blah blah blah. But you know, we don't really know. Wang Xiaofei maintains that he didn't cheat on his wife, and Daes doesn't comment on this at all. So, okay, then we thought, okay, Babi she got divorced and everything. Okay, let's hope you know she lives happily la, alone and everything. Little did we know that very soon after the divorce, she reconnected with her ex-boyfriend, uh, this dude, Koo Jun Yop from Klon, uh, a South Korean dance music duo called Klon in a, that was big in the 1990s. Apparently, Koo Jun Yop saw that she got divorced, so heard the news that she got divorced, dug out her number from over 20 years ago. Apparently, Barbie, she didn't change her number. Like, caught her and was like, hey, you know, and then they started reconnecting and just like had a relationship over, I guess, FaceTime or something. And three months in, he was like, let's get married. And Barbie, she was like, okay. And during this three months, they did not meet in person at all because there is no way they can meet in person due to the COVID restrictions. In Taiwan, um, I have a sister-in-law who's Taiwanese, so I, I know this very well. So it's very hard to enter Taiwan uh, if you are not Taiwanese, I think you have to be a spouse or a family member of somebody who is Taiwanese. So he was like, why not let's get married? And she was like, all right. And they got married, you know. And uh, as of yesterday, Ku Jun Yop has arrived in Taipei. He was photographed arriving in Taipei. He is going to be quarantined for, I think, at least two weeks before he can go meet uh, Babi. Um, I think there's also like a, maybe a seven-day period where you have to quarantine at home or something. So I don't know what would happen, blah, blah, blah. But Ku Jun Yop has said, you know, he's very excited to see her. They didn't meet up at all during the time that they were, you know, over FaceTime dating. And there is some controversy over this because apparently Barbie Xu did all of this without telling her mom or her family members, <laughs> including Di Xu, her younger sister. So they were reportedly blindsided by this whole thing. And there's some like reports that the mom is very unhappy that she basically didn't tell tell her that she was getting married. And yeah, that's 
basically what happened, um, you know, that's the news. And uh, to go a little bit into their previous romance, it is said that um, Barbie Xu and Ku Junyok dated from the timeline. It's a bit confusing, but I believe it is from 98 to 99, around there, or maybe about 2000. It was, I don't think it was two years. I think it was one year plus. Um, they reportedly met at a concert in Taiwan. There are differing, like, um, the, the, the rumor mill is a bit differing on how they met. But basically, it has something to do with this Taiwanese singer called Tarsi Su, Su Hui Lun. So it's either Klon was holding a concert in Taiwan and Tarsi Su was the guest and Barbie Shui attended, like Tarsi Su was the guest performer and Barbie Shui attended in the audience because she was Tarsi Su's friend. Or... Klon attended Tarsisu's concert as a guest and Barbie Shu was in the audience. Regardless, Barbie Shu was in the audience of a concert that Klon performed at. And then that's how they met and how she like, she apparently went for it. Like apparently Barbie Shu like fell in love with Kujunyov and was like going for it. And that's how they got together. Lah. Okay, so who is Klon? I know a lot of people are like very confused because when I was like telling my friends this like oh my god Bobby she got remarried kind of news all my friends were like who's this dude okay I think like this is where your like um, knowledge of Hallyu really comes into play like if you know Klon you know some stuff about Hallyu like you've been around for a while like it's a very good indicator of how deep your knowledge goes basically Klon was huge in the 1990s okay in the 1990s and very early 2000s, um, they are first wave Hallyu, truly first wave. They are earlier than Xinhua and H.O.T. And guys, it's harder to be earlier than Xinhua and H.O.T. Xinhua and H.O.T. is before Boa and Rain. That's how early Xinhua and H.O.T. are. And Klon is before Xinhua and H.O.T. So like that's, you know, like if you're going by like the chronology of generations in K-pop and Hallyu, Klon really is first wave, genuinely is first wave. Not saying that before that there weren't Korean artists, but they were not big in Asia. So Klon was really one of the uh, first Hallyu groups to be big in Asia. Because if you know anything about Asian entertainment, um, the 80s and 90s, right, were dominated by Hong Kong stars and Japanese stars. It was like the Tianxia, like the genuinely Hong Kong stars and Japanese stars were all the rage. And South Korea was not there yet. You know, South Korea really came in um, after the 2000s. Like, they really got very big after the 2000s. And, like, with the K-dramas and the K-pop and, like, people like Rain, people like Boa, people, uh, dramas like Dae Jang-gum, you know, The Jewel in the Palace, uh, Da Chang-jing. So that's how, you know, K-Wave K started. But, again, Klon was before all that. And they had some, like, songs that were covered by people like Alex to Tu Te Wei and, and, you know, like so on and so forth. La. So they were pretty uh, pretty much a, a, quite a big household name and they promoted quite heavily in Taiwan during that time, which is how, you know, Ku Jun Yop and um, Barbie Shui met. And reportedly, it was quite sweet. Reportedly, they they learned like each other's native language in order to try and communicate with one another. So apparently Barbie Shui tried and learn Korean and Kujunyok tried and learn Chinese and then they kind of sp speak a little bit with a, with a smattering of English. That's apparently how they communicated. And if you go and watch like early episodes of, um, again, this program that Barbie Shui hosted called 100% Entertainment, which very kindly, I tell you, the, the, the Taiwanese like 
TV stations and broadcasters are really very efficient. Like the moment the news came out that Barbie Shui and the dude from Clone are getting married, like they pulled up like old, old, old clips in their archives and like like put it on the internet. So like now if you go find, you can actually find the clip of Clone attending um 100% entertainment as a guest, appearing 100% entertainment as a guest while ASOS were hosting the program. And like you can also find like clips of Thais, uh, Barbie, she's saying like, oh my god, she really likes Koo like she wants to marry him, like like fangirling over him. You can find clips of those on the internet right now. So, you know, she was a fan, la, and the fan relationship developed into something more. Uh, there were photos of them that came out. Apparently, they were dancing with, with like, you know, the sleeves of like a hoodie. So apparently, they tied the sleeves of the hoodie around their, their, their bodies so not one body, like two of their bodies tied together with the sleeves of the hoodie and then they were dancing. So that's how like the relationship sort of got exposed. But because that time Koo Jun Yop's uh, entertainment, uh, like the management label was very strict, like didn't want him to date, didn't want him to admit to dating. As you know, there is still a problem in uh, the K-pop industries. Uh, Penelope and I talked about it a few episodes ago, so you can go check that out. But apparently they were very strict, didn't want him to admit to dating and that's how they broke up. So that's who Clona. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Now, on to um, what I said about Babishi's romantic history. Look, my, like I get it. Like A lot of people are like how can it be that she was only dating this dude for three months like so fast like hello there's like basically no break in between her ex-husband and this new husband she must have been cheating who believes that they were not together even before the marriage blah 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 i see a lot of this kind of comments and to these people i say y'all do not have enough knowledge okay y'all do not understand how extremely on brand this is for Barbie Shui. Because as I said, I have institutional knowledge on this. I watch 100% and this is like my credentials. Okay, let me just give y'all my credentials. I watch 100% entertainment as a kid in primary school. When I was in primary school, 100% entertainment, it's a program that has been on for like, I think maybe over 20 years. Yeah, definitely over 20 years. So I watched it when I was in primary school when... Uh, Ta S and Xiao S, Barbie Xu and Di Xu, uh, who are sisters, were hosting the program. They are not the first generation hosts. Before that, there were like two other people. Uh, but I started watching in their in their era of the show. And since then, hundred percent entertainment has evolved to become more of a game show. Like they play werewolves, uh, Lang Ren Sha. You know, they have like it's just like sort of become a game show. But at that time, right when ASOS were hosting, it was very much an entertainment news program. So it would have, um, basically it would be ASOS talking, then cutting into the first news of the day. And it would be like, say, um, somebody releasing a new album, somebody attending uh, a, a, an endorsement event, for example, or uh, somebody re- uh, maybe somebody got married, you know, news clips of somebody getting married, news clips of somebody famous dying, like funeral and stuff. So that was what the program was about. It would usually have like a few pieces of news and in between those, sandwiched between those, is um, literally Barbie Shui and Di Shui chatting. And they were revolutionary in the Taiwanese entertainment industry. Why? Because they got super personal. 100% entertainment for a lot of its lifetime. I think for like, I think 
Okay, so it was a program that was on every single day of the week, if I'm not wrong. I cannot fully remember, but I think it was on every single day of the week. And Monday and Friday was hosted by ASOS, if I recall correctly. And then like weekends, there would be like other people like Blackie Chen, Chen Jianzhou, and Liu Hanya, Aya hosting. And I think at least for two of the days, right, it was a live show. So can you imagine every single week, two of the days, there will be one hour you spend live in front of the TV with the entire audience of Taiwan watching you. 100% Entertainment was a very popular show. So it really got a lot of traction, a lot of audience. And there were just things that they were very young then. Like ASOS were very young when they hosted the show. So there were just things that they would do and things that they would say. They would chat about their very normal life. They would like talk to the staff who were outside of the of the camera. So like the people who were filming them, they would like talk to them, interact with them. So it was a very naturalistic, that's a very cinematic term to use, but it's a very natural way of hosting the show. And because of that, right, people got to know a lot about their personal lives. They would talk about their mother, they would talk about their sister, they would talk about what they ate, what happened when they went to the toilet that day, that kind, they would talk about everything. One. So it became such that a lot of their lives, right, was exposed to the public including their romantic lives. I can do a whole episode on how 100% entertainment was like extremely over the top during the Ta Xiao S era. It defined them because they were so open with the public about what was happening to them. So later on, 100% entertainment changed holes. So later, Ta S left and it became Xiao S and Shou Luo, who we also did an episode on because he got cancelled. Uh, it became Xiao S and Shou Luo and then eventually Xiao S left and it became Shou Luo and rest in peace, Alien Huang for I think over 10 years and then show law stayed on for very long and there were other hosts changing in between and then slowly the show started you know evolving to become a, a different thing so as I said these are my credentials if you watch 100% entertainment you really end up knowing way too much about Barbie Xu's life also if you watch Kang Xi Lai Le, um, Mr. Con and Mr. C which is the show that Di Xu later on went to host for 12 years with Kevin Sai. Dishu also talks a lot about her family, her sister, everything. You can tell she's a bit scared of Barbie Shri. Like, she doesn't like to talk about her that much because you can tell that in that relationship, that dynamic, Barbie Shri holds a lot of power. Um, but yeah, you end up knowing a lot about their lives because they were hosting programs for so long, for decades, right? That their lives, right? The trajectory of their lives were laid out. I saw Xiao S go from a girl in her 20s to a mother of three in her 40s. Like, I literally witnessed that growth as I grew up. Like, we grew up alongside her, right? So, as I said, it really is very obvious when you look at that that track of life that these sisters went through, right? It's very obvious what happened to them. It's very obvious the habits they have in relationships. It just becomes extremely clear over time. And now... I will go into the romantic history after I show you all my credentials ready. Uh, so this is what I have coming to this and this is what I'm going to tell you. Okay, Barbie Shri's life, there are a few very key people in her romantic history. So firstly, there was, um, I mentioned briefly just now, I think they dated when they were students, Blackie Chen, Chen Jianzhou. Apparently, they dated in high school like very, very long time ago. They dated when they were kids. But because this relationship largely happened before the two of them were famous, it's not very much talked about, but it's um they were close, lah, like they remained very close friends even after the breakup. And apparently Blackie Chen brought Barbie Shri to meet his current wife, uh Fan Weiqi, Christine Fan, when they started dating. So like this is a a relationship in which the, the friendship continued after the romance died. 
Okay, so after Blackie Chen, then there was I, I'm not sure who was in between, but um there was Kujun Yok. So the famous this she has dated a lot of famous men. So Blackie Chen is famous, then Kujun Yok is also famous. And as I said, there was a Tarsisu connection and everything. And then um when they broke up, right, there was a hundred percent entertainment episode from the year two thousand. What happened was that Clon, the group that uh Kujun Yok is in was supposed to appear on 100% Entertainment. But because there were um, rumors of them together, right? Because there were dating, there was a dating scandal between Kujun Yop and Barbie Xu. Apparently, Kujun Yop's company, like Klon's company, cancelled the 100% Entertainment appearance literally like right before, last minute, before they were scheduled to appear on 100% Entertainment. And it was a big hoo-ha. Because... The program uh, oftentimes was live. So Dishu was reacting live to the news of Clon uh, getting cancelled. So Dishu and Babishu were standing together as the show started. And then Dishu had to explain, today we were going to, we were expecting Clon to come, but they cancelled on us at the last minute. And then Dishu like launched into a 15-minute rant on Clon, like she said, this is very irresponsible of you guys to just like not appear. I know that there are rumors between, uh, you know, Kujunyok and my sister, and she's had to bear the brunt of all of this speculation from fans, all of the abuse from passionate Clon fans who facts. Yes, this was the era of facts, 2000. Fans could like, audiences and everything could facts their thoughts into the 100% entertainment studio. So she was like, a lot of people facts in to scold my sister, say that she is, you know, um, you know, wooing the guy from Clon, like she is such a fangirl, then she like throw herself at him. And y'all don't understand what actually happened. My sister has not said anything. And for the, you know, Korean entertainment company to just cancel on us like that, it's very unprofessional and just looks really bad on you guys. And she like really ranted and she was like, nobody is taking care of my sister. You know, you're just letting her bear the brunt of all of this speculation. And everything. She really launched into a tirade. And during this, Barbie, she cried. She was very upset. And now we know that like, back at that time, Kujunyop didn't admit to the relationship. But now it's very obvious that they did date. And um, she was apparently very hurt by the fact that he didn't admit to them dating. Which, if you know anything about Barbie, she, again, she was always very open with her relationships. Um, it, it, it really hurt her, like, hurt her feelings. And he also cancelled at a, like, I, I don't know whether it's him or the management company um, cancelled at the last minute. So they they just all felt like very put off by the whole thing. La. And even the 100% entertainment producer, right, came out and said, this is very bad. Like, I don't believe that you guys can just cancel on us at the last minute and, and just give us a, you know, sorry excuse about how uh, there are too many, uh, they have too many, work, they have too much workload schedule and had to cut off one of our programs. If they had to cut off one of our programs, they could have let us know early in advance and blah, blah, blah. So it was a hoo-ha. And then um, afterwards, when Dishu asked Barbie Shri for her feelings, she was like, I'm not going to say anything because I know that whatever I said would get, you know, twisted. La. Like my words would get twisted. So I just, I'm not going to say anything. You could, but you could tell she was very sad. So this was Kujun Yop. Um, You know, things apparently uh, ended because, you know, the management company was not supportive. La. And then there was Blue Lan, Lan Chen Long. Gosh, another thing altogether with Lan Chen Long. All along, right? All of Thais's romance, like all of Barbie Shri's romance, have been with famous good-looking men. Famous, tall, good-looking men, it's her type. Okay, and um, 
she is very like, how to say, she is very, as I said, she's very open about her relationships. So all of her relationships, right? Like you kind of know one, like when it's happening, it's, it's, she doesn't hide, hide the fact that it's happening. So she and Lula also had a fairly public romance. And I think during, and again, this is how dramatic she is. Apparently during their relationship, like, one of, I think it was 2003. This episode of 100% Entertainment is also available on YouTube. I think it was 2003 when she reportedly had a fight with her family members. So Di Shu, her mom, they have an older sister. Uh, you know, Babi Shu is the second in the family. Di is the third and they have an older sister. So apparently she had a fight with the mom, Di Shu and the older sister over Blue Lan. We don't know what exactly, but apparently she had a fight. And then during the live show for 100% Entertainment, Babi, she didn't show up. She built. She didn't go because she had a fight with her family. And Dishu is her family. And Dishu was hosting the program alone. And the, the show uh, literally opened because it's live show, you know. You cannot like wait for the, the host to come down. The show opened with Dishu back facing the camera, dabbing her eyes. Like she was very obviously crying because she was so upset that her sister disappeared on them. So she when she turned around, she, she was crying and she said, you know, like, as you can tell, Bobby is not here. We're going through some problems in our family. We kind of had a fight. And, um, you know, I'm really upset. And I just want to say, like, this is all live uh, and caught on camera. Uh. To this day, it is available on YouTube. And she said, like, I just want you to know that, you know, no matter what happens. So she was speaking to Bobby Shri over the camera. And she said, I just want you to know that no matter what happens, your family is the one who loves you the most. And, you know, we will never hurt you. And, you know, no matter who you are in love with or who you might believe now, uh, you know, we are always going to be there for you. And she was like, I just want the people to know that, you know, anyone who bullies my sister, you know, I will not let them go easily. Like, so it was kind of hinted at that it's probably something about Blue Line. But later on, Thais also said like, oh, she was also very stressed out from her workload, blah, blah, blah. And that's why she built on the program. Apparently, she did um, she did try to arrange for a, a backup host in Aya, Liu Hanya, which is one of their friends. But like, I can't remember this story fully, but I think like Aya didn't hear or something. Like she didn't realize that she was getting asked as a backup host, blah, blah, blah. So she didn't appear. And it was just D. Shri hosting the program alone while crying. So as I said, dramatics right again the whole blue line fighting for family blah 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 dramatic then there was Vic Cho who is the one of the F4 guys that she met filming Meteor Garden so Vic Cho played uh, Hua Zilei Hana Zawadui in the uh, Meteor Garden the Taiwanese adaptation of Boys Over Flowers again also very dramatic the way they got together right like apparently they were friends for quite a long time like just platonic friends for quite a long time before they got together and reportedly the thing that changed their relationship right the nature of their relationship was that Victor got in an accident like got in a pretty serious car accident and he I think he caught Barbie or something I was like oh I'm in a car accident or something like that and Barbie like just immediately like went down and visited him and he was quite touched because he felt like oh she really cares about me a lot and apparently that was the thing that kind of made their friendship like elevated their friendship to a romance but the thing that got them exposed is another car accident. So I think um, Victor was visiting Barbie Shui near her house. So like in the alleyway of her house, he was driving to leave her house after visiting her. Then he got in an accident in the alleyway and that's how that relationship got exposed because he got in a car accident in the alley of Barbie Shui's house. So again, very dramatic, right? All these kind of things. But um, you know, all of these romances eventually didn't work out. Like, it didn't lead to marriage. 
Um, then she married Wang Xiaofei. And Wang Xiaofei, again, as I said, why do I think it's entirely possible that she met, she reconnected with Ku Junyok solely over the phone and didn't meet him in person and then immediately decided to get married? Well, because she also did the exact same thing for Wang Xiaofei. Four t- like, she met Wang Xiaofei in person four times and then they got married. Literally, like, four times and they got married. And she always talked about this. She said, like, it was, it felt like fate. Like, I saw him and I was like, okay, I'm going to marry this dude. I know it. And she just didn't, when asked about this, right, she, she said in her own words, she didn't consult her family or her friends about it. She was like, I'm getting married, man. I am marrying this dude. So she decided to marry him. And then she told her family and friends, was like, guys, I'm marrying this dude. And reportedly, her mother was also blindsided by this news as she was also by the Kujunyop news this time. And Barbie, she's very like, she was, she talked about this before. She was like, I don't want a wedding. I didn't need a wedding. He was the one who wanted a wedding. She was like, I just thought we can get married, right? Without wearing, you know, you know, wedding gowns, without wearing heels, without putting on makeup. We can just have like one table of our friends, register our marriage and we'll be done. Like she's that kind. She is very like, I want to marry this dude. I'm marrying this dude. And I would do it in, you know, I would do it without any of the hoo-ha, without any of the frills and things, you know, I can just marry him. So she's very like that one. And that marriage lasted for, well, 10 years. Like a lot of people also said like, oh my God, this is not going to end well. And yeah, you know, indeed it didn't end well, but they did have two kids. They did have a marriage that lasted for a decade. And like, it's, it's really very amazing because even in her divorce, you can see the way she re- approaches relationships. She is so like... You know, like, you can't hear me snapping my fingers. It's literally like, like this. Get married, like this. Divorce, okay, I'm out. And she herself said on a program before, and these are exact words in Chinese. I'll say it in Chinese and I'll translate it. She said, 我的感情轰轰烈烈, Which means, my romances are very dramatic, but when I end, I end them, you know, like this. I end them fast and I end them clean. And that's literally how she did it for Wang Xiaofei also. Because... When she divorced Wang Xiaofei, there were rumors that they were going to get divorced. No one confirmed it. People were being like, eh, you know, being a bit vague because like the news not confirmed yet. Maybe got chance for a reconciliation. Maybe, maybe. So people don't want to confirm, right? But no. The reporter caught uh, Babi Xu. She told the reporter on the phone. This is months before they confirmed their divorce. So they confirmed the divorce in November, right? In June, I think when the reporter caught her, she told the reporter, I am getting a divorce. The procedure is in place like I am putting the processes in place I'm getting a divorce before anyone confirmed the divorce before Wang Xiaofei's side confirmed the divorce her mom and her manager had to come out and say no 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 they're not getting divorced eventually they got divorced as you can tell very much true to her way of doing things if she says she's out she's out when she falls she falls very hard but when she says she's out she is out you cannot change her mind you know, she is very like that one. Throughout all her relationships, she acts like this. I feel that the way she approaches it is like, if this person makes me happy now, okay, I'll go for it. And she did say as much, you know, in her in her um, Instagram story about getting married. She said, life is uncertain and I cherish the happiness that I have in the moment. And that's exactly what she's doing, right? And, you know, I, I hope like it works out again. You know, uh, apparently she has not met Kujunyop. He literally only just came to Taipei and reportedly they got married because of the COVID-19 restrictions because, you know, they want to see each other. So, and okay, this is quite interesting. You actually can get married in South Korea, right? Without um, 
both parties present. So that's how they got married. They registered the marriage in South Korea. You have to, if you marry in Taiwan, right, you have to, both parties have to like be present for the registration of the marriage, but not in South Korea. And that's how they got married. And uh, yeah, it's really quite uh, amazing. Okay, so to end off, um, you know, to just give a little bit of my thoughts on the whole thing. I think I've given a lot of her history and everything. Firstly, I think I admire her attitude to love in the sense that I think she is very brave. Because like, you know, being in love is a deeply vulnerable thing. Like, opens you up to attack, right? Like, because caring about someone means there is the propensity to be hurt by that person. And, you know, being in love means there is the propensity to fall out of love. And if, you know, there's scientific research showing that being rejected or going through a breakup, um, you know, parting with someone can be as stressful and painful emotionally as the death of a loved one. And because in some ways it is a death, right? Like losing somebody you love and not having them in your life anymore is extremely painful. And, you know, the pain of rejections was extremely painful. So the fact that she goes through romances and still is willing to try and still is willing to open herself up to relationships, I think it's very admirable. Um, I do think that she is someone who lives her life sort of very much like without consulting other people. She lives her life doing what she thinks is right. And for some people, I think, you know, this is the kind of personality that some people maybe feel like they cannot stand because they feel like, you know, oh my gosh, like why do you just only do things according to the way you like? Like it's so self-indulgent, it's so selfish, it's it's like you only think about yourself and everything. But, you know, in some ways, love is a thing that is between two people. So I get why she does that. But I also think that this is not exactly... um the sort of, like, especially her attitude towards getting married so fast and everything, right? This is not uh, an attitude that is applicable to everybody, of course, you know. There are, you know, financial things involved in getting married, in getting divorced. Um, You know, sometimes people are in the heat of the moment, you know, they, they get married to someone wrong, you know, and it can be a very devastating thing afterwards. But, Barbie Shri is in a privileged position. She has money. She has clearly a support system that loves her. You know, her, her sister and everybody has expressed, her friends have expressed, like, you know, congratulations for her uh, in after she got married to Cool. So she has a strong support system. She has her own assets. You know, she is a rich person, a wealthy woman who is able to protect herself I think, um, you know, with lawyers and with, with her money and everything. And it, she's very secure, you know, so she can do this kind of things. But maybe I, I wouldn't say like this is the the, the most uh, advisable way to get married for everybody. But again, as I said, you know, marriage, love, romance, it's very much a thing between you and the other person. And I can totally understand why in the heat of the moment, you would really feel like you want to spend your life with this person. And it sometimes works out, right? Like sometimes lightning marriages like this work out sometimes maybe a lot of the times they don't but i think sometimes they do and i think the most important thing is that she clearly feels like this is the right choice for her in the moment kujun yop who by the way has never been married um also clearly feels like this is the right thing for him in the moment and i think it's quite lovely to see two people in their middle age finding one and one another again after you know over 20 years and you know to all the people who are very cynical and like, oh, I, I don't think that, I think they were cheating, you know, blah, blah, blah. Firstly, COVID situation, you know, it would have been very hard to cheat physically at the very least, 
given that they were separated by COVID restrictions and in separate uh, cities the entire time. But even if you say they were cheating emotionally, you know what? Maybe they were before the marriage ended. I highly doubt so because as I said, all of this is extremely aligned with the dramatic way that Barbie Shri has lived her life and her romances all of these years. And I, as I said, I watched all of this play out because I was around and watching television for a lot of it. Was it healthy to watch this much television as a kid in primary school? I don't think so. But hey, this is my job now. So sometimes maybe it works out for all of us, you know? All right. And that's my episode for today. I hope this is enough of a dose of pop culture for this week. I'm, I'm like very really invested in all of this because I really do feel quite... I, you know, it's a parasocial relationship. I grew up watching Barbie Shri and I feel very invested in her life. So, you know, I hope it, I, I wasn't too... Um, I hope I didn't go too weirdly personal about it at any point. But, you know, hopefully this was a fun little deep dive into her romantic history, into 100% entertainment, which, gosh, what an amazing program. Uh, I think Di Shri one time also cried on the program after she and Mickey Huang broke up. Oh my god, that was such a drama. One day I'll talk about it. Anyway, you know, this is your dose of pop culture for this week. And if you have any ideas about what you want me to talk about, do, you know, find us at podcast at sbh.com.sg or find me at genly at sbh.com.sg or you can slide into my DMs at genlyrides. I need to update my Instagram. Anyway, so I'll see you guys next episode. Bye-bye. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.